630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. Now 2 nothing Calgary leading Florida. 12 and a half minutes into the game. Anderson and Coleman, the goal scorers. The uh, Flames 2-8-1 in their last 11. Florida has been going in the other direction. 8-0-1 in their last nine. But Calgary with the early jump tonight. No score after the first between Montreal and Dallas. In the second period, Vancouver and Nashville are tied 1-1. Caps lead the Jets 3-2 with about four and a half minutes left in the third period. Two minutes left. Buffalo up 2-1 on Ottawa. Senators with 43 shots on goal, but only have a goal by Drake Batherson, his 11th of the season. Uh, about six minutes into the third, Hurricanes leading the Bruins 6-1. It was 5-1 after the first period. Kotkaniemi, two goals tonight for the Canes. He now has nine on the season. And it's 3-3 Islanders and Flyers with about three and a half minutes left in the third. Lightning and Kings coming up in about an hour. The Oilers practice today. As I mentioned, Brendan Perlini left the ice in discomfort. Dave Tippett said uh, he thought he was okay, but we'll probably get more information on that tomorrow. Perlini remained on a line with uh, Connor McDavid and Kyler Yamamoto today. We've had uh, Jim Matheson on the show discussing uh, what happened today between him and Leon Dreisaitl. As I said, I, I requested that Leon Dreisaitl come on the show after Jim. The Oilers uh, politely declined that opportunity, saying that they, they didn't feel Leon needed to rehash the incident. I thought it might be odd the opportunity to perhaps have a little bit more uh, on-the-rails discussion and try to, uh, try to maybe... Uh, get it a little more under control than it was earlier, but uh, the Oilers decided that uh, Leon would not be available, which is uh, within their purview to do that. So there we go. I wasn't able to get you both sides of it, but we got Jim on the show and uh, got a no from the other side. The Certainteed Hotline is 780-496-0063. We go there now to welcome a guy who has won an Olympic gold medal. He's going for another one in Beijing in February, the skip of the Canadian men's Olympic curling team, Brad Gushu. Brad, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for checking in. I know it's a busy time for you and you're still you're still rolling along. Uh, I'm just trying to estimate here you you you've been in your 40s about a year and your uh, a year and a half and you're still beating the snot out of all the young punks, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. <laughs> I didn't do a good job in my 20s, so we're we're hoping we'll we're beating them now in the 40s. <laughs> uh, I, I, look, I I don't want to suggest uh, by any means that you're old, but th- there is a there is kind of a wide age range in curling, and obviously the botcher rink is one I've I've talked to a lot. Uh, over the years, do you feel, let me put it this way, do you feel more seasoned when you're out there at some of these events now? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, I do. Um, you know, it seemed like it changed overnight. I, I spent most of my career being the young guy, the flat belly out there, and and now all of a sudden when we go into the locker rooms, I look around, and there's a lot of 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, and, you know, we're 41 and been doing this for a long time. So uh, I certainly do feel old at times, but, you know, internally, I, I feel like I'm still able to compete, still love the game. So young at heart. Yeah, well, and, and still winning, which is which is the main thing that I guess That's keeps, the main thing, yeah. keeps you coming back. Uh, look, I, I know you, you've played in tons of big events. You've won tons of big events. But uh, what, what does this uh, Olympic trial victory mean to you guys? 
Uh, for me personally, it, it means a lot. Uh, I've been trying to get back for 16 years and I feel like I'm in a completely different place in my life where 16 years ago I was, you know, I was young. Uh, I wasn't married at the time, didn't have kids. And, and now all of a sudden I'm married with kids and want to kind of show them, you know, what their dad is, is capable of doing and, and what he's, uh, you know, what he's been gunning for for 16 years. So they're 10 and 14 and, and have been a big inspiration for me. So for them to get to watch their dad at the Olympics, I think is a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. And, and uh, hopefully it, it shows them what hard work can do and, you know, provides them with a lesson for the rest of their lives. Well, I love how you put that. And that's kind of a, a, a cool thing. It's like, Hey, you know, when, when dad's home a little later, he's, he's working pretty hard. Like, look, you know what I mean? Like they get to, they get to see the payoff for all that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and uh, I think all of us dads strive to be the cool dad. So uh, I, I, I wasn't doing a very good job, but now with uh, getting to go to the Olympics, I think uh, I might get that honor for a little bit. So <laughs> it's uh <laughs> pretty pretty exciting but they they love it they follow it follow me and and um they follow the sport and their support is you know it's it's awesome i think it's a it's going to be a cool moment over the next six weeks for our family and sorry you said you have two kids two kids 10 and 14 yeah two girls and um they actually both started playing curling within the last few years and they're they're extremely excited. They as soon as we won the trials, they headed out to Lululemon and got all the gear and uh, <laughs> and I seen I seen the credit card uh, notification on my phone and just uh, <laughs> I had to bury my head and not say anything because they were they were pumped. Well, you, you read my mind. I was going to ask you obviously if they they curl and I I ask this a lot of of parents who maybe have a kid who takes up their sport. I guess it's often been of hockey and football players, but I think it's relevant to ask of a, a curling family as well. Like, was there any reluctance for you or was there any like, well, I just got to let them play whatever they want, even if I am influencing them subtly just because I, because I like, I know some dads have told me like, God, I wish they hadn't picked the safe sport. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's, I have, I've tried not to sway them in any way, shape or form. Uh, what I've tried to do and, and, you know, my wife as well is really expose them to as many different sports and activities as possible and, and kind of let them choose which ones that they want to spend the most time at. And, you know, this is uh, the point where we're kind of exposing them to the sport. If they want to stick with it, you know, great. Cause it's, it's been a great sport for me and, and taught me a ton of lessons and given me a, you know, a lot of opportunities, but if they decide to go somewhere other route, I'm, I'm good with that too. So just, uh, want to keep them busy, keep them out of trouble. And, and that's the main thing. And they do seem to enjoy curling at this point, but you know, that could always change. So, uh, we're just going to encourage them to, you know, meet friends and, and stay active. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Brad Gushu joining us tonight on inside sports. So you're getting ready for the Olympics. Can you sort of give me a sense on the timeline between now and your first game? Because, obviously there's travel i assume there's some sort of quarantine or COVID safety protocol to go through what, what can you tell me there yeah so we we actually flew out uh, about four or five days ago flew out to the vancouver area so we're here now isolating as a team there's eight of us here in the house are, are obviously four players and then uh, fifth man and our coaching staff um so we're here in the house for about three weeks until we head over to beijing i i think we head over on the fourth of february 
And then we get over there and, and we have about four days before our first game. Uh, and in the middle of all that, uh, there's a lot of testing. Uh, we get our first test, uh, first PCR test tomorrow. We're rapid testing every day. And then uh, we have, I think, two more PCR tests before we head to Beijing. And then once we get there, it's a, a PCR test every day. So a lot of COVID protocols. And, and that really has become the first priority because if we don't test negative, you can't play. So that's kind of like the the key to get in the door and, and um, is our first priority. And now we haven't forgot about training and all that other stuff, but, you know, making sure we stay safe and, and take all the precautions is is very important. Okay, well, you mentioned your fifth man. I I know him very well because he's on this show. He, well, he was on this show when he joined. That's uh, yeah. Mark Henry from, from St. Albert. Uh and I know you guys compete against each other in in the the rest of the season, but tell me about uh, adding Mark and why that's significant. Yeah, uh, you know what? It was a fairly easy decision because Mark has got a ton of experience. He's been to two Olympics. Uh, he's won Briars, uh, and a big part of you know the addition of Mark is is he has a lot of versatility. He can play multiple positions. So if if one of us one of us gets sick or hurt or or whatever, um, you know, he's going to be able to fill in with relative ease. Uh, and then he's also a really good guy and easy to get along with. So, you know, when we narrowed it down to a, to a few players, it was, it was a pretty unanimous decision that, um, that Mark would be chosen. And so far the, the five days that we spent out here, he's been great. He's been very helpful. And, you know, he also has a ton of knowledge, like having played with Kevin for as long as he did, uh, Kevin Martin and then Kevin Cooey, like, there's a lot of things that he can bring to the team and you know, it's, it's definitely going to benefit us. Okay. Um, so uh, as, as we referenced earlier, this is your, this is your second go. Uh, you went in 2006 and uh, yep. it went very well. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we started talking about age. Uh, I believe Russ Howard uh, was 49 or 50 when he was on your team that, uh, that year. And, and I believe he, that was the only season he was with you guys. Uh, but tell me about adding Russ and, and throwing, having a legend like that in the mix for you guys when you went that year. Yeah. He, he actually turned 50 at the Olympics, which was pretty cool. But, um, you know, having Russ part of the team, he, he added, he added that experience and that calmness that we kind of lacked at that stage in our career. You know, we were young, we were hyper, we, we hadn't played a ton of big games and bringing in a guy like Russ brings in that, that calmness when you get into those moments. Cause he's been, he may not have been through an Olympic gold medal game, but he's been through a number of Briar finals, world finals where, you know, he can learn from those experiences and share it with us. And one of the moments that I remember distinctly was before our Olympic trial final. Um, I was extremely nervous and we just had a conversation and, and he said, you know what, Brad, I am too. And, and that, you know, that's the normal thing. And, and for me, that actually settled me down because I had that feeling that I was way more nervous than anybody else. But in reality, every, all of us were feeling it. And the fact that he, he brought it up and it allowed me to actually settle down a little bit and, and feel a little bit more confident in the fact that yes, I was nervous, but I could still go out there and play. So, you know, that's kind of the, the things that experience can bring. And, and certainly Russ had a ton of that when he came on with us. You know, I was looking back on that 2006 bond spiel and uh, you know, pretty competitive in the round Robin through the top uh, four or five teams. Then in the gold medal match, I mean, you look at you look at the line score on paper; it, it appears incredibly lopsided. You guys won ten four, but was there not a uh, very key 
run back double by Mark Nichols in that game. Yeah, in in the sixth end, and and um, you know to be honest, that whole Olympics we we didn't play very well, and 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 Mark struggled in the round robin. And then all of a sudden, as Mark typically does when the playoffs comes around, he, he starts playing extremely well. And he played great in the semifinal. And then in the final, was making everything. And, and in the sixth end, we got in a little bit of trouble. We were one up with the hammer. And um, he made this double raise and, and picked one of theirs off the button. And all of a sudden, left a line, I think, three or four. You know, an incredible shot. And, and then we got one more miss from... Um, the skip of the finish team and it turned into six and it, and it should have been seven. I missed a draw for seven. Oh, so wow. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I keep bringing that up because it's probably the most embarrassing shot of my life. But uh, for some reason I keep bringing it up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we, uh, it was a great end. It, it kind of, you know, solidified the, the gold medal for us. We knew at that point we were going to win, even if we got three or four in that end, uh, we were probably going to win. But once we got six, it was, it was just a matter of finishing out the last couple ends and, and, uh, and winning the game. So it was, it was a special moment. I still, I still remember when he made that shot and I was like, Oh my God, we, we can put this game away here. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Brad, I, I always try to find something about somebody and, and, and I, I, this is, I mean, it's going to sound a little lazy, but it's, I've got some good stories. I, like I'll often just check somebody's Wikipedia page and yep. if there's something unusual there, I'll ask if that is true or not. And some people have been like, Oh my God, like I can't believe somebody edited my page and no one's caught that that's completely false. <laughs> <laughs> now it says that you're ambidextrous, you curl right-handed yeah. and you write left-handed uh, true or false. And does this apply to any other sports for you? Do you go back and forth? Yeah, I, it, it, it is true. Um, but I'll put some limitations. I don't know if I'm actually ambidextrous, but I do write with my left hand. I eat with my left hand. I throw baseball with my right hand. Like everything I do varies from activity to activity. So I couldn't turn around and, and throw a baseball left-handed uh, or throw a curling rock left-handed, but whatever I started a sport at, whether it was left-hand or right-hand, I, I kind of, you know, stuck with that. So I'm sure if I had started with uh, the other hand years ago, I'd probably, well, maybe wouldn't be as good, but I'd probably be <laughs> respectable with it. <laughs> right. so. Okay. Well, there you go. A little fun fact about Brad Gushu. Hey, I, I, I know you've got a busy day. You just finished practice a few minutes before coming on air for this interview. So we appreciate you doing that. Obviously everybody uh, listening to six thirty, Chad in Edmonton and Northern Alberta is pulling hard for you guys. Go get another gold, Brad. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and, and thanks to everybody out there for the support, and hopefully that'll continue for another uh, couple months once we get through Beijing. Right on. That is Brad Gushu checking in tonight from Vancouver, getting set to go to Beijing soon. One Olympic gold in curling in 2006, now going for it again in 2022. Really good interview. Good to catch up uh, with Brad, one of the all-time greats in the sport of curling. Uh, still 2 nothing, Calgary and Florida. We just had a bit of a fight here and scrummage going on in the last minute of the first period. We'll update the entire scoreboard and some final thoughts when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Jet. There's a couple things. One is we've spent the last couple days doing that. Putting the big picture in place, where we are, what we have to do, 
games left, their schedule, all those. Like you got to build a, you got to build a playbook in front of them that they understand and they can they can live with, or they can they can recognize. The second part of it, there's parts of your game that you have to go through, and like here's parts that we can improve to give ourselves a better chance. And sometimes when you're winning, there's a lot of those things get overlooked. This is not overlook you're still doing them but they, you just don't do them with the same you don't look at them with the same intensity so now you have to recognize here's things we're going to do improve our game so you get thinking about the improvement not what's happening right so you try to you got to build confidence back on the other side we always talk about confidence is earned you know confidence is earned by wins but if you look at some of the things that we're really working hard to dive into now i think they could benefit us even more once we get it turned. So it's a, it is a fine line. You're trying to encourage people, but recognize the situation that we have to be better in a lot of situations. All right, a little bit there from Dave Tippett after practice today as the Oilers continue to work. A lot of practice time, not a lot of game time here. Uh, haven't won a game. Where are we at now? In a, a month, I guess. It's been a while. Haven't played a lot, obviously, but uh, a six-game winless streak, 2-10-2 in their last 14, which they're going to try to snap out of on Thursday against the Florida Panthers. Then it's a battle of Alberta coming up on Saturday night against the Calgary Flames. I was talking about Brendan Perlini, uh, who, uh, again, hobbled off the ice at practice today. Hopefully he's going to be okay. Dave Tippett indicated uh, it sounded like he was okay anyway when he came out and spoke today. And uh, Tippett commented a little bit on Perlini and once again being on Connor McDavid's line today. He does. He, I mean, one of his assets is he shoots the puck in the net at a higher rate than a lot of other people. And you see it in practice and you see it in games. Uh, the one thing, his play without the puck and away from the puck has to continue to, to be really consistent. So, you know, we've gone through some different stages of uh, COVID here with guys in and out. And there's times when you know, you'd like to give them a little more push ahead. And then there's other times you're just looking for rhythm in a game, depending on what's happening in a game. But when he's been given the opportunity, he tries his best and tries to make sure he's bringing the best attributes he can to the game. And that's why we're going to give him a try up there. All right. And Tippett also saying, uh, yeah, okay, we're losing right now. Earlier we were winning. We got we to gotta work. We got to work on our game regardless. Well, you got to work on stuff, and we work on stuff all year. When you're going good, you work on stuff, and when you're, you're you know, struggling a little bit. So we think we really can dig into our, the defensive part of our game. There's some things we can do better. You know, as of yesterday, you guys were all talking about harder to play against. Harder to play against is checking tight. It's being, being a, you know, a tight team together. So there's some things like that we're focusing on right now. We want to be a tighter team to play. If we play better in front of our goaltenders, our goaltenders have a better chance to play well. It's a better team effort. So there's some things we've talked about for a couple of days during this break that we have to continue to push to make our team as good as we can be. And if we, you know, we look at it as you... You start playing better. Some of the breaks that we think have gone against us, we're gonna they'll start going our way. So you got to keep pounding away. You can't just wallow. I know the media likes us to wallow, but you just can't wallow all the time. We got to try to get better. We got to drag each other out of it, and that's why we've had two good practices. That's what we're trying to do. All right. Well, I don't like them to wallow personally. I should I should point that out. I'm not sure who in the media likes them to wallow, but not me. Uh, <laughs> I like when they answer questions, but uh, sometimes that doesn't happen either. Anyway, we've uh, 
<laughs> we've we've talked about that enough, I think. All right, final look at the scoreboard. Like I said, Flames up 2-0 on the Panthers. Now after one in the second period, Canadians lead the Stars 2-0. It is 1-1 Canucks and Predators after two. Capitals beat the Jets 4-3 in overtime. Wilson gets the winner. Ovechkin got his 27th earlier. Sabres beat the Sens 3-1. Hurricanes leading the Bruins 7-1 late in the third. Islanders and Flyers 3-3. They are in a shootout. And the Oil Kings uh, are scoreless with PA after the first period. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Talk to you tomorrow. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.